Hello and welcome to the Chase Survive podcast. I'm your host, Brooke, and in today's episode, we have Brie Masters. From beach sprinting to track and field, Brie recently got the opportunity to compete at the 2022 World Athletics Championships and the Commonwealth Games. This is within just under three years of her switching sports. We chat about her journey to where she is now, her experience competing at such a high level, as well as juggling work and being a professional athlete. Here's Brie. Welcome, Brie, to the podcast. It's good to be here. We've been talking about this one for a while now and I'm excited to finally be on your show. I know. It's been probably two months or more, was it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. Well, I've been away for six or seven weeks and we were speaking about it before then, but now I've got lots of new things to share with you. So I know. Excited. I feel like it's welcome to the podcast, but welcome to back to Australia. Yeah. Because <laughs> you much. only, when did you get back? Uh, five days ago, so Friday. Mm, still getting over that jet lag? Yeah. Day five, they say, is the trickiest. So I'm actually doing all right. I'm on a training break. So I think the, the break from training is helping a little bit. Yeah. I'm sleeping no, good. Sense. But last night I couldn't get to bed until about 1130. And usually I'm in bed by like 839. I'm a grandma when it comes to bedtime. So mm, out like a light. Yeah. And then up early for work today. So I'm a little bit tired today, but we're kicking on. Nah, I, I haven't noticed. I haven't noticed. <laughs> That's good. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, I want to kick off the first question I ask everyone when I you know start this podcast is how do you chase the vibe? I chase the vibe through my sport, which is track and field. So for those of you who don't know, I am a track and field sprinter. I run 100 metres and 200 metres. Previously, I was in surf lifesaving, so I've crossed from beach sprinting to track and field, but that is definitely how I chase the vibe every single day. Speed, trying to find out how fast I can run, what possibility there is in life in track and field for me and yeah, just that's that's how I chase the vibe. Yeah, it's so cool and it's been really awesome to see your journey because before, you know, in FYI, Brie is now part of the LSKD team. Before you were part of the team, you were our, our athlete. So I've been watching you before I knew you personally and then now and all of the amazing things you've been up to in the last six, seven, eight weeks, it's incredible. So we're going to talk about that because there's so much that we can talk about with Worlds and Com Games and that whole experience. But I think I want to take it back to – how this all started a bit more about you yourself and where did you grow up yeah so I grew up in Sydney in Cronulla I'm a shy girl my parents still live there and my sister Um, but I moved up to the Gold Coast in 2013 so I finished school in 2012 and yeah moved up to chase beach sprinting Mm. because this is the hub of surf life saving the Gold Coast Um, but yeah grew up in Cronulla my parents put me into so many different sports I was that kid that just did every sport I guess they just wanted me to be fit be a normal kid learn how to do all your functional sports like surf life saving was a big one because you know just become comfortable with the ocean you know we in Australia we're surrounded by so many great beaches so I think that's really fundamental part um, of growing up and as a kid, dancing was actually my my first love. I yeah, went to right. a performing arts high school. I thought I was going to be a professional dancer. I wanted to be in a f- full-time dance company. And, yeah, things really changed after that. I went and did a full-time dance course and just decided, no, nah, this is not for me. I'm going to go chase running, which was really strange for me because I never really put a big focus on running. It was still there. I was still doing the sport, but I never had time for training. And I was quite a natural at it. I, as I grew up, I, I guess I wasn't the best sprinter when I was a kid um, I would always get beaten by everyone else I was quite small but then I started to grow and then when I was about 12 13 I started to see results I won my first beach flags medal I think when I was 12 and then by 13 I won my first Australian title which I became the youngest person to ever win an Australian beach sprint title because at that time 
I competed up in the under 15s age group. So I was still quite young. Um, and from that moment on, I was like, you know what, this sport's pretty cool. I'm good at it. I really want to see how far I can go. So that's what led me up to the Gold Coast. Mm, that's incredible to, to have that title so young, but also to have dance and that alongside each other. Was that a pretty crazy schedule? Yeah, look, I think, like I said before, my main focus was dancing. So I was I was doing long hours. And as I said, I went to the performing arts high school. So living in Cronulla, I was going to school at Newtown Performing Arts High School. So it was about an hour on the train. So I'd get up quite early, I think, from memory. It was like a seven o'clock in the morning train into school, do school. Um, dancing was just part of my curriculum. A lot of people say, like, did you just dance all day at the performing arts high school? I was like, no, like we did everything normal. There was just dance in there as well. And they were really, really good for that. And then after I finished school, I would go home back to my local dance school dance until like 4 till 9 p.m at night and then go home so there was really no time for running training whatsoever I would just do it on the weekends and there was a point there where I was juggling little athletics because I did do little athletics when I was a kid and surf life saving but they all just started to collide with each other and I just was like I can't do all of this Mm. so um I loved being at the beach I had better friends in surf life saving so I chose that over little athletics at probably age 12. Yeah that makes sense do you think the strength that you had for dance helped with beach sprinting and and that that side of things or vice versa? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I would probably say it made my ankles really strong, Mm. like something weird to say, but um, doing a lot of ballet, I loved contemporary and ballet was the fundamental of contemporary. So I did a lot of that and I think point work and all of that jazz really, really helped strengthen my ankles. And then I guess when you're running on sand, it's a really soft surface, so you've got to have really stiff ankles Mm. to kind of stay balanced so yeah Yeah. I guess that and then a lot of strength and fitness um really helped in that aspect yeah been surrounded by the beach your whole life (laughs) yeah literally I love the beach I'll never move away from the beach yeah yeah and where where what happened from there so you were 12 years old when you won that title what did the rest of your teenage years so you you ended up graduating school yeah and from there you decided to go to beach sprinting, right? Yep. Yeah. So what did after school look like? How long were you were you in um, beach sprinting for? Yeah, so I moved up in 2013 and I competed right up until I was 23, which is when I made the cross to track and field. So that was only two and a half years ago. Um, it took me a while to find results and find my feet in beach sprinting when I moved up because just before I moved up, I got really sick with appendicitis. Mm. Um, it really, really did rattle me. It was quite bad. So I lost a lot of my strength and everything like that and just finding my feet again. And there was a point there where I couldn't even make a semi-final anymore. You know, I'd gone from being the youngest person to ever win a beach sprint title and being undefeated to I couldn't even make a semi-final. It was really, really tough time for me. And I think that lasted about three years. And then uh, I think it was in 2015, I placed third in my first open beach sprint. And I cried. My sister was laughing at me. She's like, why are you crying? You got third. And I was like, no, like I'm back. Like it was that first feeling of success again. And from there on, it was just an upward hill to when I won my Australian beach sprint title in 2019, Mm. um, the open level. So like I'd won so many age groups before, but I'd never won opens. I'd come second, third, and I always wanted that gold in open. So 
yeah, finally achieved that in 2019 and that was the last Australian titles I did on the beach. Wow. But, yeah, it was a, it was a great journey. I've represented Australia so many times in surf lifesaving and it sent me so many amazing places like Japan a couple of times, South Africa, multiple places in Europe. So, yeah, it's a really, really great sport and I loved it. Incredible. I remember us speaking about that time in your life where you weren't winning and you know coming from doing really well and then to kind of feel like you're back at the bottom how was that mentally for you yeah really really tough I mean a lot of athletes go through it you know not all seasons are the same one minute you're winning the next you're not and it's it's really hard and it's something that athletes probably don't speak a whole lot about publicly um, but so many of us go through it and it was, it was definitely really, like really, really tough time, but I knew how much I loved the sport. I knew how much I loved the thrill and excitement of, of winning, not necessarily winning or just achieving your goals, whatever your goals may be. And I knew that I wanted to be back there and I just grinded and grinded and grinded. So it was a really cool part to have that feeling of success, to know that it was all worth it and all my hard work had, had come to a point of success. So mm. yeah, or the start of the upward hill, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So being in that position, do you, th- you probably would have worked harder than you would have if you were winning, right? Because you you kind of back to that point where you're like, well, square one, what do I have to do? Did you implement anything new or were you just pushing as hard as you could and just seeing what, what that brought for you? Yeah, I guess my focus probably went a bit more into training. Um, like I said before, I never really trained much for sprinting. So when I moved to the Gold Coast, that really changed. That was my one focus, my one sport, and I'd moved here for that reason. So I really wanted it to work out. I'd I'd probably say I still, I'd probably work harder than I did back then, Mm -hmm. to be honest now. So I don't think the work ethic ever changes no matter where you are in the stage of your career. But yeah, it was just, it was a tough time, but I'm so grateful that that happened to me because it's taught me so many lessons today and where I am now Mm. that, yeah. You, You don't regret that. No, it's like, yeah, it was tough, but I look back on it like that taught me so much. Yeah, for sure. And then when you decided to go to track, how did that come about? Did you just get on the track one day and have a run and go, yeah, this is pretty good? (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Like I said, I did a little athletics when I was a kid and finished that at about age 12. And then I still did my school competitions right up until year 12, just casually Mm. jumping in, doing every event. (laughs) And then, yeah, gave that away. And then I met my partner, Matthew Rizzo. He's a 100-meter sprinter. He was coming to, he was from Melbourne at the time and now he lives here, but he was coming to the Gold Coast for a race. And he's like, why don't you jump in? Like you train on the track. It's the same old thing, just a different surface. Mm. Um, And at the time I was kind of losing love for surf life saving. I'd almost achieved everything that I'd wanted to. And I was thinking about uni, thinking about life after sport. And I was 23. I'm now 27 for everyone listening. Um, So at 23, I wanted to retire and just, you know, knuckle down. Um, and I think he was like, no, you can't give it away. You love it too much. Um, so, yeah, I went up. I did that and I ran 11.63, which was kind of mixing it in with some of the the best in Australia at the time. And someone was like, you could really do well at this. Like, And it's actually funny because at that race, one of my teammates said to me, like, I can see you running 11.3. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just like I literally laughed. I was like, no way. And then a couple of weeks ago at Wells, I ran 11.29. So, isn't that Full incredible? circle, like, yeah, weird reflection for me, but that's Laughing how I got that. into it. Yeah. Mm. And so I'm really grateful. Like my partner always says to me, you, know, you wouldn't be in track and foot if it wasn't for me. Like you wouldn't be doing all this. And I was like, okay, You're thank like, don't you. Don't take this from me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but it's also so funny, but credit. Yeah. Very true. So I'm really, really grateful that he convinced me to do that. And a couple of my teammates really encouraged it and my coach. So 
yeah, that's how I got into it and the rest was history. <laughs> yeah, there is, there's a lot. And you only switched over, what, two years ago, was yeah, it? Two and a half, almost three. Half, almost three yeah. years ago. And then from switching over to, you know, running and having that conversation to, yeah, three years later and you've just come back from Worlds and Com Games. Like, is that just crazy? It is crazy. Like, wild. Yeah. Because surf life saving is not an Olympic sport. It doesn't go to the Commonwealth Games. It has world champs and I have won a world title in surf life saving. That was a pretty special moment mm. for me as well back in 2017. But, yeah, the, they were just dreams that I kind of had because you watch it on the TV and you go, that would be really cool to go to and experience. Like, I want to be like that but never thought you would achieve because your sport never did that. So, mm. yeah, really, really crazy moment for me because it just happened so quickly and something I never thought I would do. Yeah. Is the training different between beach and track? Yes and no. Um, a lot of the training that I did for beach was on track and grass and all that, but I would say the difference mainly is the surface. So you've really got to change your technique. I've been finding it pretty tricky over the past few years to adapt to that um, and just be able to use the ground to, to the best of my ability mm. to actually gain better speed because on the beach it's all about lift your quads up, lift your knees up and just skim across the sand as light as you can because if you use the sand for force, you're just going to sink and you yeah. just go nowhere. It's way it's too heavy. Sliding so, top rather than using that surface to yeah. push you forward yeah exactly mm. and I think one of the most challenging things for me is learning how to do a block start on the track you know using the ground to push and propel mm. forward has been so hard because I'm so used to just jumping out of sand that are, like I dig blocks in the sand so you're literally jumping out of two holes in the ground yeah rather than just pushing straight forward so yeah still working on that still a work in progress interesting yeah, yeah. and so when you switched over, you had that conversation, did something like a light just go off and you're like, all right, brilliant. I need a coach. I need this. I need that. How did, yeah, how did that go? Yeah, well, I'm still with my my coach of 10 years now, I think oh, it so is. So he came yeah. from, with you so I've, from. Yeah, yeah. I've just stayed in the squad that I've always been training and nothing has ever changed. I still train similar days, same location. Um, I've changed my gym routine a little bit. I've got a new gym coach up at the Queensland Academy of Sport and he's great. Um, but, yeah, nothing really ever changed. It's still oh, the sense. same people. So it wasn't a yeah. crazy change up in no. routine and this and that. It was kind of business as usual but yeah. with a few other extra bits and pieces yeah. thrown in there. Yeah, and it's really great because I've been able to take this journey with my coach who I've had for 10 years. So it's really awesome. Mm. When did you realise that – worlds and com games and these elite competitions was in your reach um, or could be in your reach I guess last season we came pretty close to making the Tokyo Olympic Games in the four by one relay like very very close I think it was like 0.06 of a second close um which was pretty heartbreaking but I also looked at it and said you know what that's pretty cool like I was that close mm -hmm. and I never thought I would ever get that close um so that was a really like t like a light bulb moment for me. I was like, if I work really hard, like I can really do this, like keep going. Mm. Um, and I guess this season it all just kind of came about with Worlds and Com Games. But I guess as an athlete, I'm, I'm if you talk to anyone, I'm very chilled out. I'm very just like, ah, oh, if it happens, it happens. Like just riding the roller coaster. Um, and even at Worlds, like I was just, I was nervous and I was putting pressure on myself. But at the same time, I was like, hey, I've worked so hard to get here. I'm here now. What have I got to lose? Like enjoy the moment. Mm. And yeah, I just absolutely loved it. And I guess that helped me perform. It's, that's how I work. But 
Yeah, you were probably yeah. in like the change room or the the, the training sec- center. Yeah, and you're just like, yeah, whatever. And then there's someone <laughs> like next to you just going, if I don't win this, like. <laughs> That's my whole career over. Like, Pretty much. <laughs> I was just that little kid that was just like, oh my God, Shelly Ann Fraser Price, like she's my idol. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. didn't you have a friend go, Brie, that's competition. You're like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is awesome. Like, I'd love to learn from the sports best. Like, yeah. it's so cool just being in the same area as them and running on the same track in a, the same race. It's so mm. cool. I want to hear as well your feelings and thoughts when you realize you're going to worlds and then com games because was worlds first the announcement yeah. or mm. com games was first com games because i remember you were telling me that you had emails you know waiting and coming through and yeah yeah i was like i should hear this week i don't yeah, know like yeah. it was yeah it was a big waiting period but yeah we heard about com games first and then because worlds was waiting on a certain date for everything to finalize with world athletics that was a little bit later mm. even though the world champs was first yeah, it was a little bit of a later yeah. announcement date. but yeah. So how was – what was it like receiving that text or – was it a text or an email? An email. What was it like? It was surreal. Like at first, because I didn't run the qualifying time, um, I was selected discretionary and um, met some criteria to be selected. I just didn't really know how that worked or if the selectors would want to take me. So um, – my main focus was on the four by one relay because I was hoping that they would select a relay and that they would select me. So when I got the email, I saw four by one relay and I saw hundred meters and I was like, what? I was like, they're giving me a run individually as well. Like, this is awesome. So yeah, it was a really, really surreal moment. I just really took it in. Yeah. And then worlds was for you, that was even bigger than com games. Like that. Yeah. Would, that's kind of. Yeah. They say that that's the, the pinnacle of mm. along with Olympics of athletics. So yeah, not many people get to go to a world champs. I think I was the first female in two decades or something or a decade to com- or Australian female to compete in the 100 metres at the world champs. So that's inc- yeah, I really stood back and was like, okay, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> like this is a really big achievement, you know, not many people get to do this. Yeah, I think uh, it's just so cool to hear. Like your story is just so incredible because it can really show – I know that you do come from a, a past of, of sprinting, but to, to flip it around, try, change the surface and then end up where you have been, like it's just – it's insane. Um, when you got that email, it kind of changed a lot for you too because you weren't sure whether you were going to go, but then when you found out, you're like, hang on, I have to leave in like a few weeks and we were like, what? <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, work, got to leave. For two months. <laughs> yeah, for two or, months. You just going to drop month. that bomb there. Um, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it all really, really, really happened quickly. Um, you just got to be ready to pack your bag and leave. And I'm pretty sure because Worlds was a later announcement, I pretty much found out and was like, okay, go buy stuff from the shops, get all your toiletries, pack your bag, you're leaving in three days. That was how quick it turned around. Yeah. I mean, Commonwealth Games, we knew about a bit earlier and Commonwealth Games was after Worlds, but yeah, yeah because so Worlds was so, yeah. With Com Games, you had a bit more time, but then Worlds came in and it was like, that's yeah. it, I'm, yeah. I'm off, see you later. Yeah, and our sport does kind of prepare us to be selected. So, you know, all the little things like my visa to get into the States and all that had been done. So there was a little bit of preparation on a basis that you might go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was good that that was all organised. But, yeah, oh, very quick backpack yeah. and say goodbye to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is fine. We were so supportive. We're like, go, oh, Ray, we're going to yeah. be watching, you know. Yeah. So that that didn't matter. Um, yeah. We just missed you, you know. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 
talk us through worlds, like from getting off that plane to to racing. How was that journey? It was really, really fun. So we had our um, – they have a staging camp for two weeks in Seattle or maybe a week and a half just to kind of get used to the time zone. We do a bit of training there and then we headed over to Oregon. So we were at the university there or university college, whatever they call it over yeah. there. Um, incredible facilities and they they say their track there, Haywood Field it's called, is just magic. They feel the magic or – yeah so it was that that. it was that it's an amazing stadium um and it was a privilege to race there and then just being in the vicinity of all the elite athletes that I've seen on tv and in the diamond leagues I was like this is really cool like I'm eating next to these people Mm. in the cafeteria I'm like this is wild how am I here and I kept saying to my teammates I was like I shouldn't be here (laughs) and they're like yes you should and I was like yeah, I know I earned my spot here, but I was like, I shouldn't be here. Like, this is wild. Like, what am I? I'm a beach sprinter. So surreal for you. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it was pretty amazing. And the flight over was pretty cruisy. My jet lag was okay. I mean, the first few days of training were a bit like, mm, am I actually going to be able to perform well? But, um, yeah, it kind of all came together by the time I raced and I put together a personal best run, which I'm really pleased about. But um, I knew when I saw my heat draw that, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can make it out of the heat. But you know what? I'm going to try. Like, mm. let's just go for it. And I had three of the fastest females in the field. I'm pretty sure they all made the final um, literally in the two one lane next to me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to use these girls to help push me to a great time. Like, all I can do is run my best. Mm. And what more could you do at a major chance running a personal best? It's just. And not many people or any people <laughs> do that right yeah I had a lot of people come up to me after the race and they were just like Brie people don't PB at their first major championships like that just doesn't happen and I was like oh really I was like oh, okay like I think it was my third PB of the season so I was like awesome like PB maybe that's but, your secret weapon is pressure or not pressure yeah. but <laughs> new things like first yeah and then you could just get PBs yeah. that it's way. really funny because um I was talking to my physiotherapist before I left and he's like Brie, you'll be so fine. He's like, you tend to PB at big meets. This one's just a really big meet. So you're going to do a really big PB. And I was like, okay, cool. Channel those vibes. Yeah. <laughs> What's the time difference between like your old PB and your new one? Um, so at the start of the season, I opened up with a PB, which was 11.36. So mm. at the end of last season, it was 11.48 or 49. can't remember. So yeah, I dropped to that in my season opener. And then at nationals i ran 11 33 mm-hmm. and then 11 29 at worlds so i went from 11 48 or 49 to 11 29 in a season dropping so yeah it was really i'm yeah it was a good improvement and i'm really pleased with how it all went yeah if you could pick the perfect time does that exist or the you, perfect time it's just lower the <laughs> the perfect time would be an automatic qualifier to world champs olympics com games whatever year that is yeah. um, because that makes things a lot easier so my qualification into the world championships was done on points mm. so the system is confusing i'm not going to go too, into too much detail but you can either qualify with the automatic qualifying time which this season was 11 15 oh wow yeah and then um there's another component where you can get in on points so basically long story short it's your best five races um, points wise points comes down to what time you run what the wind was and what level of competition because there are bonus points on levels of competition mm-hmm. so you want to target those higher level meets to get the most out of your points um, and then it all comes down to an average and that's based off everyone in the world mm-hmm. um, so yeah you're basically just competing in this point system which was stressful because 
just like refreshing the like tally every day. Oh, it was bad. You shouldn't do that. I needed to put my phone away because you just like see your name dropping slowly because the European season ends after our Australian season. So we'd finished racing. There was nothing more I could do for this qualifying period. I just had to wait. So just watching, yeah, my name slowly drop. And I think I ended up getting in by three people in the end out of, it was 48 people who got to race. Mm. So yeah, just held on. I was like, please very stay in the quota. Yeah. And then you did it. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. how I got in. How many times did you race in the US? Once. Once. Yeah, I was, I just fell short of making a semi final. Yeah. Yeah, because I got fourth. They took the top Mm. two, no, top three, and then next best times. And I just wasn't in the next best times to go Mm. through. It looked like a really cool experience being there as well. There was heaps of different brands set up and like a whole village and. That one looked pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. I guess um, a couple of big brands set up hubs for their athletes. Um, and, yeah, I did get to go into a few of those and that was really exciting um, mm. just seeing how they go about things. And, yeah, it was really awesome. Um, mm. There was a couple of cafeterias, amazing food, really well thought out, athletes everywhere, like idols everywhere. Yeah. Um, there was fun little interactions. Like there was a sign that you could write your name on. I'm not sure where they put it or what they do with it, but everyone had signed it and put their event. Um, There was lots of shops, merchandise. Yeah, there was lots of stuff. range of things to check out. So you weren't bored, (laughs) you know, like outside of training and racing, there was lots to do. Yeah, lots to do. Random question, which food was better, Worlds or Com Games? (laughs) Which cafeteria? Worlds. (laughs) Worlds. They had this pizza wild so good it was like on the most beautiful yeah yeah I did a post-race interview (laughs) um they were just like what what do you want to eat right now or something like that and I was like the cafeteria pizza (laughs) no that's a big call like no it's the best pizza and that's exactly what I went and got I had like four slices of pizza yeah you're probably still dreaming about it now (laughs) yeah yeah and I guess it got a bit boring in the end in both places because it was just the same food over and over again but yeah yeah, the lots of food was better Mm. and then from worlds you finish that up straight over to the uk right yeah talk us through com games yeah so to start off with the flight to the uk was hard because just flying the wrong way around the world the jet lag oh that was horrible i remember just being like this like plain faced like just no mood i was so tired i couldn't train properly like i just i was training but i just didn't feel like i had any gas in my legs i was like Oh, I feel like I've got nothing. Everyone's like, you okay, Brie? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Like yeah. <laughs> I'll get over it. Um, but yeah, once I got through the jet lag, just I guess the one thing that I found the hardest was also just picking myself back up to race again. Like I'd just been to my first major meet. I'd amp myself up. I'd run a PB. I had all these emotions. I was kind of having like a little bit of a come down moment mm. um, and then just trying to pep myself back up and be like, okay, you got one more to go. Like, let's go again. Like it's all exciting and everything, but yeah, that's probably something people don't talk about I've a whole lot that's either. That's the second time. I mean, I'm sure many, many athletes have experienced it, yeah. but this is the second time I've heard that where it's, you have this, yeah, pre, no, sorry, post race or event come yeah. like, yeah, come yeah. down from the excitement, from the hype, from the mental exhaustion and then yeah. even though it's been the best like experience of your life it's just exhausting and uh one of our athletes Natalia who 
um, went to the Olympics for BMX, she was saying the same thing, although she had her knee injury and da 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 da. Yeah. So, and two weeks in isolation. But it's, yeah, it's a, it's it's a, a real thing. thing. And, yeah. and so I guess it would be a bit, a bit challenging to then try and G yourself up to then, yeah, go to Com Games and, yeah. and race there. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was definitely tricky. But look, it's something we have to deal with. And I think I overcame it. But yeah, it was quite tough. What was the pre-camp like? Yeah, it was it was interesting. We were staying at in Tunbridge at a boarding school, so I had the full boarding oh, school experience. Wow. <laughs> um, How was that like? Yeah, it was interesting. I had my own little little tiny shoebox room, um, and it was actually up five flights of stairs, so my legs were kind of sore. So I had to go with the jet lag. I had the sore legs, and I was like, oh, "Come on!" I was like, "One more race." <laughs> but um, yeah, other than that, it was it was good. We had um, I met up with the relay girls as well, so oh, we had yeah. a four by one relay at the Commonwealth Games. Um, unfortunately, we didn't qualify for Worlds, so hopefully mm. next year Worlds mm. we do get there. Um, but COVID screwed around a lot of that, and partly the reason why we didn't go to Tokyo. Yeah. Um, so we met up with the relay girls and the boys, did a bit of relay training as well as individual training. And then, yeah, off to Birmingham we went. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the whole whole other, yeah, that's when I got to watch you more so because I feel like more televised than yep. Worlds. And yep. uh, I remember myself like sitting on the couch, I think for that first <laughs> heat that you did, just like I was ready to go to bed because it was like 9.30 or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, it was midday. Oh, was it? Yeah, in the UK. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. I was like, hang on, no, wrong race. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, and I, I was like, oh, i got to go to bed. And then I was like, no, I've got go to go to watch Bree. So I actually had turned all the lights off because I was about to go to bed. And then I was like, no, that's right, Bree's on. Yeah. And I'm like sitting on the couch in the dark <laughs> just watching. Um, I love the dedication. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> no worries. And uh, I like pulled my partner like down too. And I was like, oh, we're going to watch Bree. He's like, all right. <laughs> We'd like gene up. And um, yeah, and that was incredible because you came second yeah, in that heat. In the dip. I think one thing I learned overseas was learning how to dip because I did that at Worlds that? as well. Or just like dip my chest over the line to kind of oh, get in front of someone else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I had no idea because it was looked really close. Yeah. And I was like, it's, she's either second, third, like yeah. I don't really know, but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, so it was top three and the next best time. So I had to get top three. And because there was oh. um, Daryl in front of us, like miles ahead. Mm. And then there was three of us. I was like, okay, I need to get the dip here just to skewer that, secure that big queue, we call it. So top top three is a big queue on the qualification. And then the next best times have a little queue. So mm. we can, big queue. So I, I got that one in the end. But um, yeah, at Worlds, it was the same thing. I had to, I think I dipped over one of the other girls to get fourth. Mm. Um, and then that happened again in my heat. And I was like, I'm really good at dipping. Yeah, just oh, drop forward, drop <laughs> yeah, forward. Yeah, it counts, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's crazy yeah. how much that makes a difference because I was even talking to our colleague Meg and just explaining to her, okay, what's, what's Bree's time? And I was like, oh, 11 something. Yeah. And um, she's like, oh, you know, and, I, and then we were saying, oh, she, talking about something else. She's like, does that make that much of a difference? I was like, yeah, literally like the point. Yeah. Such, such and such yeah. can be everything. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it was really cool watching you over there because I'm like, no, Bree sits next to me. Now she's on the TV. <laughs> oh, well, over, one over. And um, yeah, it was it was an incredible race. And how was the atmosphere? Yeah, crazy. Um, to start off with, Worlds was my first big audience for athletics. I mean, being a dancer, I'd Dance at the school spectacular was probably one of the biggest things uh, in New South Wales. I was wondering if you've done that because I knew yeah. Newtown gets a, like a lot yeah, of Yeah, I did a ballet solo once with a few younger 
um, dancers dancing around me. So, <laughs> yeah, it's actually on YouTube and I'm dressed <laughs> like a flame. I don't recommend it. Love that. <laughs> um, yeah, so like that's a lot of people in Sydney Entertainment Centre. Mm. So I wasn't afraid of the audience or anything like that because people are like, oh, it can be quite daunting. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not afraid. Like mm. put me out there. Absolutely. Um, but Worlds was – it was still a sold-out stadium but it was a much smaller stadium than Birmingham. So mm. when I walked out of Birmingham, I was like, wow. Mm. I was like there was 30,000 people in this stadium. I was like, this is wild. And they were just so loud. Like both audiences in both countries were amazing but – UK was just something else. I guess, you know, they've they've held the Olympics before in London, so they know how to do it. They're um, always just so passionate anyway. Yeah, and they're passionate about every country. Yeah. Like everyone was cheering for everyone. I was like, this is awesome. Like yeah. what an experience. And, yeah, it was wild. But it's funny you say that, like, I had such a good race because it just didn't feel that way for me. Mm. Um, there's so many things that I would have liked to improve on in that race. I mean, I thought I had a, a better start than what I usually have, but my back end just didn't feel like it was there and – then vice versa in the semifinal. So it's, yeah, it's. Yeah. I guess for you, though, you're always analyzing yourself so that you can be better and hopefully not in a, you know, a bad way where oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, yeah. oh, I can't believe that. It's like, okay, what can I learn from this? So yeah. you're always analyzing exactly what you do. Whereas I'm just like, woo! Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't, yeah, I don't know what to be looking yeah. out for. I think if those that are sprinters or those that are coaches probably would have, could have picked up on something like that. But for, for everyone else in the world watching, yeah, to be honest, it's like who crosses the line at what point, you know? Yeah. And um, and then yeah, watching the second that was the sem second Semi- heat second semifinal sem- sem- yeah. Semifinal. And um, yeah, some of the people that you're up against was any of those your idols? Not at the Commonwealth Not at Games. That, yeah. No. Yeah, but still having those like really fast yeah gals I like mean, around you. Yeah, you had like Elaine Thompson, but she was in a different different heat and semi mm. so I didn't actually get to run with my main idols but yeah. they were there they were there they're around yeah. you so <laughs> yeah and then obviously missing out a little bit there with the semi-finals but you, you were there just for the experience and yeah. to, to have that opportunity to, and to know what that feels like so yeah. I think someone um, one of the Athletics Australia stat guys was like oh you're the second fastest female to ever like to run that at the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. So it's yeah, I think Sally Pearson was the fastest, fastest over 100 at, at a Commonwealth Games mm-hmm. and I'm just behind her. So I thought that was – I was like, that's cool. Like it's not a PB or it wasn't a time I was looking for but – But to have that. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. What did you end up coming for comms? 13th. 13th. In the world? No, in, in comms. comms. Sorry, in comms. 30th in the world. And then what was Worlds? 30th. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's – Yeah, wild. I was like, Wow. There's only like 29 people sound, above me. I know. It's like 30 that doesn't sound good, but I was like, number one, in I'm in track world. and field in the blue ribbon event of 100 metres and I've only been in the sport for two and a half years. I was like, you've got to be yeah. pleased with that, Brie. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> take the small wins. You know, next if I make the next Worlds, let's do better. But like, yeah, I always have my big goals, mm. um, but I always have my small goals too to make sure I kind of tick them off along the way. Yeah. What do you think the best thing about what you do is? Oh, God. The best thing, I would have to just say the thrill. Like I can't even describe what it's like to be out there with 30,000 people watching you and then running a PB. I don't know. It's just like I, I can't describe it. Like you have to feel it. And it's it's crazy because like as athletes, you work so hard to reach that point. Mm. And it's like I really did achieve this. Like soak it up. Like this is the moment that you've been working for. So 
I guess, yeah, for me at the moment, it's been making Worlds and Commonwealth Games and that thrill that came with it mm. was really cool. I think it's crazy how much training and dedication you have to run just over 11 seconds. Yeah, it's wild, Isn't hey. that crazy? It's you spend like, ye- like you've spent years mm-hmm. just training and yeah. preparing for that. Two seconds. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and it's, it's crazy because you've got like all the field events, like heptathletes, decathletes, they're all out there for – God knows how long doing their event. They get to soak it all up. And I mean, I feel like I just went out there, had a look like one of my friends was like, take mental pics. And I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden you just like shafted off back into the post call room. It's like, wow, that happened so quickly. Like, Mm. can I go back out and just stand there and just look like, Mm. can I do it again? So yeah, our event happens really quickly. And it's just crazy to think that like you put in so many hours for those short few seconds, but it's just years on top of years on top of years of work that leads to that point. Yeah. And I guess the the really cool thing about that is, yes, it's a, just over 11 seconds, but you were there for six, seven weeks. I mean, you had a holiday on the end yeah, of that. but that experience. It's, it's so much more than that, getting to meet your idols or be around them and mm-hmm. getting to, to see what that whole experience is like. So as much as I say, yes, it's, a, it's just over 11 seconds, it's yeah. – it's, uh, it's more than that. Uh, but, yeah, so um, what's next? Are you off-season at the moment? Yep, so I've had about three weeks off now. So, yeah, I had a little bit of a holiday in Italy. Yeah, and how was that? That was a treat. I'm sitting at my desk going, <laughs> Brie, if you post one more thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, I can give you the whole Instagram versus reality story, but, uh, mm. yeah, it was really hot. There was a lot of hills, a lot of kilometres, a lot of walking, a lot of stairs. But then I took Italy. the pick in the cute places. Yeah, so. <laughs> absolutely. It was funny. Uh, some of the girls here were talking about, oh, you know, you're in your yacht or you Yeah, know, and I was Italy. like, there's a public ferry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just nice looking. She just got the angle. Yeah, I cut everyone else out and I got myself lying on the chair in the corner. <laughs> and I just thought that was so funny because, <laughs> yeah, you're like, no, girls, it's a public ferry. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, you're still in Italy living yeah. your best life. Yeah. And you got to travel with your family as well. Yeah, so we haven't been on a holiday as a family for a long time. So that was really nice. Um. Yeah, I just went to Italy, back to London for a few days. I had to fly out of London. So, yeah, mm. then made the trip home and then I've had this week off training and then I'll go back to training on Monday, which is in a few days. Mm, so starts, back starts into it, back into base fitness, back into pre-season, back into a lot of work and then probably look at opening my season early next year. Yeah. What's um, the next event coming there's up? There's another Worlds next year in Budapest. So Ooh. because of COVID, usually they happen every two years, but because of COVID, it's doubled up this year. Oh, wow. So, um, so we'll you- go – Straight back qualify into for that, yeah. What then they've month dropped, is that? Oh, similar. Oh, okay, yeah. August, July, yeah. Um, but they've dropped the qualifying times this season, so everything's got a little bit harder. So we've got to put in more work. But I'm like, I'm super motivated to get back into it. Hey, like that experience was super cool. Just Something motivating. I want to experience again, and you know, do better at. You know, my goal was to get there, and now it's like, okay, get there and do better. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's uh it's all happening. It's all happening. You won't be able to do a hit workout again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those are <laughs> wondering. <laughs> so at LSKD, they do staff workouts every Tuesday, and um, Bree, you should jump in, jump in. I'm like, guys, I do too much training. I, I can't. We convinced you because it was the off season. You know? Yeah, I was like, like this like, is yeah. the one session I can do, you yeah. know, before I get back into it. And I kid you not, I lasted a quarter of the workout, which was like one set of four and a half. And then you're just dying on the floor. I was like, I walked out. I was like, I'm about to throw up. And I remember going out and lying on the table and like locking and that was like just laughing at me. <laughs> I was it's like, like Ken, run, like professional, 
your athlete cannot do heat workout. <laughs> Does not have any fitness whatsoever. Uh, I can't. I can't talk. I didn't end up doing that that session. So it was all. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. But Thank, thanks, Abby, for the killer workout. Yeah. Apparently, they said that was one of the harder ones. So um, yeah, everyone came down sweating, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I even I tried to pace myself. That didn't work. Yeah. Although I saw you on the uh, the curve, yeah, I just was like, I felt really bad after I kind of recovered. I was like, oh, I feel, I feel like I should do a little bit more. Like, oh, that was a bit of a pussy effort. <laughs> so I was like, but I'll just go back to what I know. So I just did some like hundred meter strides on the curve. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, to make myself feel better. No, but line all of us LSKD staff members up against you in a sprint. We wouldn't be off the starting line. You'd be done. You're like, guys, what are you doing? So Who wants to see that? I actually want to do it. <laughs> Let us know. Yeah, it's just line all of the team up and see. I said, I said to yeah Meg, I was like, um, Bray would be finished by the time we even you know looked up to the, to you know on your marks go Slow type thing. Time. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's like, I'd do it in a minute thirty, and I was like, I'd do it in a year thirty. A so thirty, I think you'd be faster than that over hundred meters. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah. How was it going from your individual race to then the relay? Yeah, so I finished the 100 metres and I had two days off, I think, um, to focus on relay. And it, it was kind of tricky because the relay was thrown in or the heat was thrown in the morning of the 200 metre final. So a lot of my friends were in the 200 metres who were also in the relay. So we were kind of waiting to see, like, oh, my God, are we going to have a team? Like, Because mm. if they make the 200 metre final, like, who's going to run? We had to try and find reserves. Wow. So that was a little bit tricky. But um, in the end, we got together a team. Um, we had some reserves run um, because Ella did make the final. And then Ella popped back in for the final. So, yeah, we got through the heat. We did what we had to do. That was one thing we wanted to do, which is get to the final. So yeah. we did that and then – yeah, the final was just all go. Mm. Um, and I think we went in ranked fourth on best season times. So I knew that like to get a medal, some other team was going to have to drop the baton or something yeah. to happen or we're just going to have to run out of our skin either either. And I said to the girls, I was like, I don't care if we get disqualified. I was like, let's push these changes to the absolute limit and just go for it. Like, yeah, what have we got to lose? Like, just yeah. go for it. Um and that's what we did. And we ended up running 43.16, which is the third fastest time ever by any Australian four by one female wow. team. Um, I think it was the fastest at any major meet. So that's fastest at any Com Games, Olympics, World Champs by any Australian team. Um, and it turns out to be a Queensland record. So um, because we were all from Queensland, did you know I that, that at the time? Legit. Yeah. Well, no, we didn't think about it. And then someone was posted, someone posted like Queensland record. And I was like, Oh, yeah, true. And yeah. then I got home and I have a certificate that's got Queensland record with all on there. So, yeah, it was a legitimate thing in the end. So it was crazy because we were so close to getting a medal. Like we knew we knew we could do it. Like we knew it was there, but it's just like, mm. I mean, Elaine Thompson, mm. the Olympic champion, the only person that could run us down, <laughs> let's be honest. If it's going to be someone, I'm glad it was her. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, I guess people were saying it took someone special to take you guys down. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, we did absolutely everything we could and ran an amazing race, and we were so stoked with it. Yeah, look, it looks like an epic race as well. Yeah, and um, who was it saying you had big hands? Oh, Mia. <laughs> Was it easy to get it off you or something? I actually have extremely big hands. Oh, you, you do. Just measuring, just measuring hands. hands. You've got nails on too. Oh, your hands are quite big. I've got long fingers. Yeah, I like, think I have long fingers too. Daddy long fingers. Um, yeah, no, Mia loved to make that joke. Too. 
Yeah, I do have big hands though. I do. It makes a maybe, great target for the button. <laughs> I don't think yeah, no, yours are yours are definitely bigger. Yeah, yeah. It's um, but yeah, perfect too. target for that, you know? Yeah. Made for it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, exactly. Perfect. But um yeah, no. Yeah, we had Mia's actually a really great story. So she filled in in the heat because mm. of Ella making the the final and um she was actually in hospital a few months ago with appendicitis on one of our relay camps. So it was really, really special to share that moment with her. She yeah, was so she excited to run. Mm. Um, good to see her back out on the track. She'd worked so hard for that. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Did she get to race in any uh, – any? No, just the relay. Just the relay. Yeah. yeah. So she would have been stoked. Oh, she loved it. She's yeah. like, can we do it again? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, we have to yeah. go on now. <laughs> yeah, she's a funny one. I remember when she said that on the TV, I was like, is that a good thing that I have big hands? Or we just yeah, laughed about yeah. it later. That's right. <laughs> I remember that. Speaking of interviews, what's that like? Are you exhausted after you've raced or are you ready? Like, could you – because I know that a lot of the swimmers, when they come out – can't they, breathe. They can't breathe. They're like – every like there's a breath between every word whereas yeah. I found with you you kind of had a little bit of a puff but you were just like yeah fine I guess I only ran 100 meters yeah. compared to you know what the swimmers do or the distance athletes in track and field I do get puffed but yeah it is it is only 100 meters and I guess the adrenaline kind of takes over you kind of don't realize until you walk out that it all like I said the come down even just like the few weeks later it's mm. just yeah you're all pumped up and at a high but um I've known Jace for a while and he's interviewed me a few times at the stall gift and, and whatnot. So I'm really comfortable speaking with him from Channel 7. Oh, that's good. Um, but the one thing was the audience was right there and they were just like screaming, Brie, Brie, or like people next to me because there was lots of different countries media lined up. So then like someone next to me was doing an interview with their country and people were yelling at them and it was just like a bit overwhelming. And there was one point I just didn't understand what he stood. I was like, and he's, what he, sorry, what he said. And I was like, Sorry. <laughs> Say it again. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, I think I remember that. Uh, yeah. Something about Instagram. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. And I, was, I had no idea what he said because people and were just like, yelling. free double E. Yeah, <laughs> free with a double E. Yeah. <laughs> or a triple E. Triple E. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I like, thought that was funny because I was like, I couldn't even half understand what he said either because it was it was, was so, so much, loud. Yeah, yeah, so much noise going around. Yeah. Um, but what a vibe though, like being a part of that and having, you know, everyone cheering the Aussies on and it's pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's definitely like Commonwealth Games is so loved in Australia. There was so much support. Yeah. Like you said, it's really great tele- televised or television. Yeah, you tele- want to say. yeah, yeah, yeah. Greatly televised. Because for me, I didn't realise that, yeah, Worlds is more so the pinnacle. Um, than, yeah. But I think it's just for me because I know of Com Games yeah. quite well and it's always, yeah, really well televised. Yeah. And whereas Worlds, not as not as much. Yeah. But. Yeah, you got every country there. Each to so their own. Yeah, more competition. And, mm. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. So uh, the the yeah the next step is is getting you over to Budapest, getting you racing yeah. and uh, winning. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and then, and then onwards to Paris. That's my ultimate oh, goal. Yes. Paris twenty twenty four. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully that's... that'll set me up for another good year and and so on. And we'll but set, that's yeah. the ultimate goal. That'll be cool. Mm. Is there um different I don't know training schedules or anything or is it just for the next till 2024 when you have to go through that qualifier for for Paris is it just business as usual business as usual yeah my coach writes all my programming um same with my gym coach yeah and they communicate but it might change here and there year to year depending on you know when races are on when you need a peak by um but yeah pretty much similar stuff yeah yeah Yeah. leaving here at 3 30 going to the track same old 
going to gym. Repeat, <laughs> repeat, repeat. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, because there's a lot of training involved and especially having to back it up quite a lot for Worlds and then Com Games. Like how do – what's your number one recovery tip? I would say sleep. Like I literally do not function without sleep. I love my sleep. Um, the one thing my partner's got me into is going to bed early. He's like, turn your phone off, going to sleep. What time is that? Like 8.39. Oh, yeah. Sometimes early hours because he gets up really early for work. So he has to to get his hours in. But um, that became a really good habit of mine. And, mm. yeah, sleep is definitely the number one thing. Yeah. I can relate with sleep. Like, I mean, I'm not, not an athlete, but I just – I love – sleep and I agree like I think on you know recovery for for you being an athlete but just in general well-being as yeah. well making you sure so that much you better. get enough sleep and and good quality sleep as well because you can lay in bed for you know eight hours but if you're not yeah, deep deep getting yeah. that deep sleep and a lot of the the guys here have all of the you know whether it's the apple watches or the, the whoops, whoops yeah yeah that that really track you that in depth and then some of them asleep so badly yeah like there's like, like six hours there. I'm like, what? I was like, I'm happy if I don't get like eight or nine. Yeah. I, I get, I do get shitty if, if I don't have yeah. a good, like I'll look and I'll go, okay, what's the time? Oh, okay. I'm going to wake up this time. Cause I know that's like seven and a half or eight hours. And if it's anything less than that, I'm just like, why are we going to bed so late? And blah, yeah. blah, blah. But for me, I wouldn't mind going to bed a bit earlier. Cause right now it's like, yeah. I don't know. 10 10 30 mm. and um yeah but yeah. in saying that i don't get up until 6 30 yeah so it's not yeah it's not like i'm up at six this morning what's your normal schedule like when do you normally get up um i'm an early riser mm. i don't know if it's just queensland gold coast it's bright early everyone's up and about everyone's exercising and it's just a lifestyle because i know when i went to melbourne a few years back it was dark it was cold i was sleeping until nine i was like oh i don't do this yeah um similar with overseas i was sleeping a little bit more but i guess my body clock was a little bit different Mm. had to adapt to that time zone and i got really good at napping overseas because like it was just like train i was working still over there and then i was like oh i have a nap yeah and now I've come back. I'm like, oh, she can't nap anymore. She's going to have to get used to it because yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a napper before that. Yeah. Um, I've napped at work before. I know. I remember that. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't feel well. Yeah. That was one other time. But I was another time. I've, yeah. I've <laughs> napped a few times. I think one of the teams that I was um, at the old office, I was like half, I was on a beanbag, but I'd like slipped off. So I was yeah. half on the concrete and half <laughs> on a beanbag and, and everyone's filming like, are you okay? And I was like, I just love napping. Yeah. Um, there's Sorry. a point though where if you like nap too much, like too yeah. far, like you got to have a good half hour Isn't speed like nap. There's, there's like a 20 minute or 22 minute or something like that yeah. rule that you you sleep for like 20 minutes and then it yeah. recovers you. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, if you go too long, then you wake up feeling groggy and you're like, why did I? Yeah, I slept for two hours, I think, in a nap in the UK and I woke up like I was like, where am I? Like I literally had no idea where I was for a good half hour. I was so spaced out. I was like dizzy. I was like, oh that was a gosh. big nap. Like I must have been so deep and then my yeah. alarm went off and I was like. Woke you up. Yeah. yeah, it's like when you wake up, you're at a friend's house or you're somewhere else and you wake yeah. up and you're like, where am I? Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's <laughs> right, I'm here. I actually yeah. did that just today at yoga. Oh, yeah. Brent, our yoga teacher, like just zens us out, hey. And I was like, I felt like I was falling asleep. And he's like, all right, guys. And I like was stunned. And I was like, oh. And then I was like, I'm in like I'm at home in my bed and then I was like, no, I'm laying on the, like, up the, on the rooftop <laughs> at work. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, so that's your that's your number one tip. Is, yeah, and then I would like, have to say like you know water, always drinking enough, hydration, um, foods, what you eat, like 
I don't restrict anything. I don't have a specific diet. A lot of people ask me that, like, mm. you know, do you have a specific diet or whatever else? I don't. I just listen to my body. I love chocolate. I love ice cream. Mm. I love the foods that aren't so healthy for you that I really, I don't, I just. Moderation, right? Yeah, everything in moderation. Like, and I felt like in the past, if I restricted something out of my diet, I would just go 10 times harder at it when I was allowed to have it. So like my in season to my off season weight used to be like, it used to fluctuate a lot. Mm. Um, so now just like learning to have things in moderation, I feel like I'm at this like steady plateau with everything. And obviously when you come into a really big meet, you want to restrict things a little bit more. And I have a, a dietitian who helps me with all that at the Queensland Academy of Sport, which is so great. So yeah, if anyone ever wants to know more about diet and whatnot, I definitely recommend seeing a professional because mm. they can make it work for what yeah, you're doing. And I think, yeah, the most important thing I think I learned this season was eating and fueling my body enough to get through a big competition. So nationals, I tried to do the 100 meters, 200 meters, um, which is about five races if you make finals. And I just couldn't do the 200 meter final. Like my hamstrings, cause I've had a previous hamstring injury. They started cramping up. I was scared. I was like, I don't want to hurt myself now. Like I'm going to mm. miss out on everything there is to come ahead, like com games worlds. Um, and I was also like on the ground of fetal position, just like tired no energy and I just hadn't fueled myself enough um and I spoke to my dietitian about that and then for the next competition I fueled myself or my body correctly and I got through two 100s two 200s and a four by one relay and I was sore I was sore but I got through it I had energy and that was a big achievement for me so you know, food's not just for losing weight or whatnot. Like it's also about fueling yourself correctly mm. to perform at your best. And I think that's really important. And then to recover on top of that, you need food. Yeah. I mean, food, food makes you happy. And I know that sound, that's, you know, sounds strange, but there's actually apparently a link between your stomach and your brain. And like, <laughs> yeah. and if you don't, you're not eating, it's yeah, well, it it angry. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the, under, that's probably not the technical term, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, you need to, not only for yeah. the activity but just like mood and general well-being and yeah you can, yeah so that's a good one i i love chocolate as well it's my weakness um i do what you said you shouldn't do you know where it's like gets a taste and then i like restricted and then- yeah i'm just eat the whole block whereas yeah. you know but not that i restrict myself but i mean that's why i try not to buy it and yeah. then I reflect, I'm like, Brooke, next time just buy like the small That's what I do. stuff. Yeah. And then even if you eat the whole thing, like who cares? Whereas bar. instead of buying a block and then yeah, I try and go and do half. that too. I only buy it if Matt and I are going to share it. Ah. Otherwise, I'll, yeah, I'll eat the whole thing too. Yeah. And it was funny because when I was in Italy, I think I got like a whole block of Milka chocolate, like the European oh, I chocolate. love that. Yeah, it's so like good. German chocolate. My dad was like, you don't eat that, do you? And I was like, dad, I probably have like – a bar a day and he's like no I was like yeah like there's always me in the office like I have like this really healthy lunch then I'm like yeah I might go across the road for a freddo oh <laughs> running across the road for for a 3 p.m chalky tree yeah nothing better that's definitely me yeah <laughs> yeah now you finished uni what only six months ago was it a year ago yeah I and I finished up with my last exam at the end of last year maybe like November, December before Christmas break. And then I graduated in February. Yeah. What did you study? I did a Bachelor of Communications Business with a major in marketing and public relations Mm. at Bond University. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're working, as I mentioned at the start, you work for us here at LSKD, which is awesome. Three days a week. Is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So just 25 hours a week. It's yeah. I can't handle full time at the moment with running because got got all that on my plate too, but it's, yeah, it's perfect balance at the moment. Mm. How do you juggle that? Cause that seems pretty full on. Yeah. It was, it was tough. There was a point there where I was doing, I think it was just two subjects at uni to finish off. Cause I'd done a mixture of full time and part time, depending on what I could handle at times, certain times of the year. Um, and then I was working 30 hours a week at my previous job and then also running and traveling and doing my other social media work on the side. It was a lot, but look, it's taught me some really, really good time management skills. And I think I thrive under pressure, to be honest. Mm, <laughs> I yeah. love being busy because when I'm bored, I'm like, what do I do? Like yeah. I need those days to sit on the couch and get so bored that I need to go and do something again. But yeah, I always have to be busy. Yeah. It's nice to relax, but I'm the same thing. You sit down, you're like, well, I could actually be doing this, this and this. Yeah. That's kind of your mind still going. Yeah. It's, you need to like get away yeah. to actually switch off. Yeah. Do you have any tips for those that are trying to juggle a lot? Like, is it, is it just having a schedule, having a routine and sticking to it or? I guess so. I mean, everyone's different. You know, some people can't handle all of that and they get extremely stressed out, but I mean, I've been so stressed with the university and I put a lot of pressure on myself to achieve certain things, whether that's in uni work or sport, but I feel like you just got to push through. Like mm. if I can do it, you can do it. Anyone mm. can do it. Like it's, yeah, it's stressful for a certain time and then it all comes to an end. Like well, some things don't come to an end. It's got to keep grinding every week, like work and whatnot. But university was going to come to an end for me. Yeah. So I knew that that load would drop off and I could finally just focus on work rather than having to do both. Um, but yeah, I would just say just grind and definitely time management. Yeah, I live off my Apple calendar. If it's not in my phone, in my calendar, then... It's not I'm happening. probably going to forget about it. Yeah, I'm the same thing. Yeah, fill it with things. Yeah, I'm like, like I have to even go the here. basic of things. Like mm. post this off at the post office. Like, oh really? You go down to that detail? Well, I, I just forget. I don't really use my reminders or anything. I See, I use my, calendar. my reminders, but maybe I should use my calendar because my reminders come up and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like chuck it, yeah, swipe it away, kind of thing. That way you can just look at your day and be like, okay, this is what I have to do. Yeah, and it probably gives you. A, makes you do it as well because sometimes with reminders you can be like oh yeah I can do that later or I you know I'll yeah. do that I'll mute that for an hour or whatnot but yeah that's yeah. it I like that tip yeah and what do you do here for anyone that that doesn't know yeah I do public relations here so yeah hard to describe public relations people are like what even is that but it's mm. like, it's a marketing function and I basically work with um, journalists media getting LSKD out into the public working with athletes getting their name out into the media um, and then I'm also part-time model and TikToker. <laughs> I feel like it's it's like that's your job. Here. Yeah, that is my job. <laughs> it's, it's, you're like there in the middle of an email and it's like, Brie, we need you. Come up to the rooftop, do this TikTok, do this reel, <laughs> take this photo. And you're like, okay, that's yeah. fine. But it works. Yeah, yeah. It it's works. really handy. It's, it's fine. And, you know, it breaks up my day. It gets me mm. up off my desk. Yeah. Go do something fun and then. Then you can come back and get yeah. back to those. Those emails. Yeah, but no, I love it. And I'm still learning within the field and really grateful that the team here have taken me on board to help me learn and learn as as I go and learn with me. Mm. Um, we're all pretty new to PR here. So putting what I've learned at university into proper practice is it's exciting and I love it. Yeah, be an expert in no time, I'm, yeah, sh- I'm sure. Hopefully. I'm sure. <laughs> well, thank you. I think that's, a, that's about it. Um, we've probably been chatting for a while. And I, yeah, it's just just clocked over an yeah. hour there and so Good chats yeah yeah once we chop it down <laughs> it, might, it might not be an hour but uh yeah i appreciate you you know stepping away from that desk and coming and joining me for a bit of a, a bit of a chin wag yeah, thanks and, for having me um, yeah 